0: agnes layans chapter five of celibates by george moore this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by james carson he had intended to turn the entire crew out of the house but agnes had induced him to relinquish this idea and as no fresh idea had taken its place he entered the drawing-room with no more than a vague notion that he should parade his old clothes and reprove the conversation "'Olive, I've come down for a cup of tea.' "'I don't mind giving you a cup,' said Mrs. Lyons. "'but I think you might have taken the trouble to change your clothes. "'That's hardly a costume to receive ladies in. "'Look at him, Lady Castlerich. "'That's what I've to put up with. "'Lady Castlerich will excuse my clothes. "'You know, Lady Castlerich, that I'm very poor.' some years ago i lost my money and since then i've been merely an expense it is most humiliating to have to ask your wife for two pence to take the omnibus my dear major said harding what on earth is the matter with you you've been working too hard but by the way i forgot to tell you i've just finished a novel which i shall be glad if you'll copy it for me you haven't shown me your machine come i shall be very glad to have your work to do harding but i can't talk to you about it just at present you must excuse me i've an explanation to make oh do not think of going dear lady castlerich do not let my costume frighten you away these are my working clothes the last money i took from my wife was sixteen pounds to buy a typewriting machine i made five shillings last week four shillings went towards paying for the machine when I'm clear of that debt, I shall make enough to pay for my room and my meals. I had always intended then to put my house in order. But, my dear Major, said Lady Castlerich, trying to get past him, your house is charming. The drawing-room is perfectly charming. I don't know a more charming room. The room is well enough. It is what one hears in the room. Hears in the room? "'Major, I'm sure our conversation has been most agreeable. "'You'll agree with me that it is a little hard "'that my daughter should have to sit in her bedroom all day, "'but we should be charmed to have her here,' expostulated the old lady. "'She was here just now, but she ran away. "'Yes, she ran away from the conversation.' "'Ran away from the conversation, Major. "'Now, what were we talking about, Olive?' I DON'T KNOW. HE'S IN ONE OF HIS BAD HUMORS. PAY NO ATTENTION TO HIM, LADY CASTLERICH, SAID MRS. Lyons. PERHAPS YOU WERE TALKING ABOUT YOUR LOVERS, LADY CASTLERICH, SAID THE MAJOR. I'M SURE I COULDN'T HAVE BEEN, FOR THE FACT IS I DON'T REMEMBER. I REALLY MUST BE GOING, SAID HARDING. good MRS. Lyons, AND NOW, MAJOR, COME WITH ME, AND WE'LL TALK ABOUT THE TYPING OF THE NOVEL." "'Later on, Harding, later on, I've to speak about my daughter. There's so much she doesn't understand. You know, Lady Castlerich, she has been very strictly brought up.' "'How very strange. I must really be going. Good-bye, Major. Charming afternoon, I'm sure. I hope,' he said, turning to Lillian, "'that I can congratulate you on your engagement.' "'My engagement? With whom? Mr. St. Clair? What makes you think that?' "'We're not engaged. We're merely friends.' "'It was given out that you were engaged. "'Mr. Harding said it was physically impossible for you "'to see more than you did of each other.' "'My dear Major,' said Harding, "'you're mistaken. I never said such a thing. "'I assure you. "'Physically impossible,' giggled Lady Castlerich. "'That's good. "'But won't you see me to my carriage, Mr. Harding? "'Did you say physically impossible?' the major looked round uncertain whom to address next catching mr moulton who was stealing past him by the arm he said you too understand how humiliating it is to be a mere expense why don't you buy a typewriting machine perhaps i shall the first money i get mr moulton answered and disengaging his arm he hurried away leaving the major alone with his wife she sat in her armchair looking into the fire the major waited expecting her to speak but she said not a word i want to talk to you olive to hear what i have to say about your conduct i suppose i have nothing to say i'm not clever like you and don't say the right thing but something has to be done and i did it as best as i could you're madder than i thought you were something had to be done something had to be done what do you mean "'But it doesn't matter. "'Yes, it does, Olive. "'I want you to understand that Agnes must be saved.' "'Saved? "'Yes, saved from this drawing-room. "'You know that it is a pollution for one like her. "'I remember,' said Mrs. Lyons, turning suddenly, "'that you said something about putting your house in order. "'I didn't understand what you meant. "'Did you mean this house? "'Yes. "'But you forget that this is my house.' so you intend to rescue agnes from this drawing-room you can go both of you i'll have both of you put out of doors you'll not turn your daughter out of doors if my drawing-room is not good enough for her let her go back to the convent you took her from me years ago you never thought i was good enough for your daughter there was chadwick i begged of you to break with him for the sake of your daughter YOU MIGHT HAVE DONE THAT. I MADE SACRIFICES FOR HER. I ENDURED THIS HOUSE. I ACCEPTED YOUR LOVER. ACCEPTED MY LOVER? YOU DID NOT EXPECT A WOMAN TO BE FAITHFUL TO A MAN LIKE YOU. YOU DIDN'T THINK THAT POSSIBLE, DID YOU? WHAT WAS I TO DO? WHAT CAN A MAN DO WHO IS DEPENDENT ON HIS WIFE FOR HIS SUPPORT? BESIDES, THERE WAS MORE THAN MYSELF TO CONSIDER. THERE WAS AGNES had i divorced you she would have suffered of course you never thought of yourself of this house i dare say you look upon yourself quite as a hero well upon my word mrs Lyons laughed i don't think i thought of myself i dare say the world put the worst construction on my conduct but you can't say that i took much advantage of the fact that you were willing to let me live in the house i gave up my room I live in the meanest room. The kitchen-maid complained about it. She left it. There was no use for it. What I eat does not cost you much. I eat very little. Of course, I know that that little is too much. Meantime, I'm trying to create a little independence. And meantime, you shall respect my drawing-room. But the mischief is done. You have insulted my friends. You have forced them out of my house the story will be all over mayfair to-morrow i will be said that the sheep has turned at last nothing is to be gained by keeping you any longer but agnes agnes will remain with me you don't propose to take her with you do you i couldn't support her at least not yet a while not even if harding gave me the novel he was speaking of to copy support her harding give you his novel to copy you poor fool you could not spell the words true that is my difficulty but agnes cannot remain here without me that is impossible to remain here seeing your friends in this drawing-room things to go on as they are that child olive you must see that that is impossible it would be worse than before if i refuse to have you here any longer you've no one but yourself to thank olive remember that she is our child we owe her something i have suffered a great deal for her sake you know i have do you now suffer something you'll be better for it you'll be happier i am in a way happier for what i have suffered you mean if i consent to let you stay here i was not thinking of that that is not enough not enough well what is enough but i cannot listen said mrs lahens speaking half to herself i'm keeping him waiting what a fright i shall be our evening will be spoilt where are you going i'm going to dine with chad if you wish to know you shall not go to lord chadwick said the major walking close to his wife mrs lahens turned from the glass "'You shall not go,' repeated the Major. "'Go at your peril.' They stood looking at each other a moment, with hatred in their eyes. Then, with tears in his voice, the Major said, "'For our daughter's sake, give him up. She already suspects, and it makes her so unhappy. She is so good, so innocent. Think of what a shock it would be to her if she were to discover the truth. Give up Chadwick for her sake.' you'll never regret one day or other it will have to end if you let it end now you'll repair the past her innocence her goodness had i married another man i might have been a virtuous woman the world asks too much virtue from women if i had not chad i should have gone mad long ago he's been very good to me why should i give him up for why what has my daughter done for me that i should give up all i have in the world and what purpose would be served if i did so that she should preserve her illusions a few months longer that is all if she remain in the world she must learn what the world is if she doesn't want to learn what the world is the sooner she goes back to the convent the better and now i must go i'm late you shall not go You shall see no more of Lord Chadwick. You shall receive no more of your infamous friends. My daughter's mind shall not be polluted. Don't talk nonsense, Major. Let me go, or I'll have you turned out of the house. I don't want to, but you'll force me to. Now let me go. The Major took his wife by the throat, and repeated his demand. Say that this adultery shall cease, or else or else you'll kill me? Father! Agnes had stolen downstairs. She had waited a few moments on the threshold before she entered the room, necessity ordained, and she stood pale and courageous between her parents. Mrs. Lehens sat down on the ottoman, and when the servant arrived with the lamp, Agnes saw that her mother, notwithstanding her paint, was like death. The servant looked under the lampshade and turned up the wicks. He drew the curtains, and at last the wide mahogany door swept noiselessly over the carpet, and the three were alone. I'm sorry, Agnes, that you were present just now. Such a scene never happened before, I assure you. A point arose between us, and I'm afraid we both forgot ourselves. It would be better if you went upstairs.' I see, said Mrs. Lyons. that you understand each other. It is I who had better go. No, mother, don't go. I would not have you think that. That, oh, how am I to say it? Mrs. Lyons looked at her daughter. A strange look it was, of surprise and inquiry. Mother, I have been but an apple of discord thrown between you. But indeed it was not my fault. Mother, dear, it was not my fault for a moment it seemed as if mrs lahens were going to take her daughter in her arms but some thought or feeling checked the impulse and she said talk to your father agnes i cannot stay you shall not go said the major laying his hand on her arm you shall not go to lord chadwick oh father oh father I, i beg of you it is with gentleness and love that we overcome our troubles LET MOTHER GO IF SHE WANTS TO GO. THE MAJOR TOOK HIS HAND FROM HIS WIFE'S ARM, AND Mrs. Lyons SAID, YOU'RE A GOOD GIRL, AGNES. I WISH YOU HAD ALWAYS REMAINED WITH ME. IF YOUR FATHER HAD NOT TAKEN YOU FROM ME, I MIGHT." SHE LEFT THE ROOM HURRIEDLY, AND A FEW MOMENTS AFTER THEY HEARD HER DRIVE AWAY IN A CAB. FATHER, I KNOW EVERYTHING. YOU OVERHEARD? YES, FATHER as your voices grew more angry i crept downstairs i heard about lord chadwick you must have patience you must be gentle agnes i have been patient i have been gentle that was my mistake perhaps father it would have been better if you had acted differently at first a long time ago but i am sure that the present is no time for anger i know that it was on my account that it was to save me that you that you you know what i mean you're right agnes my mistake began long ago but you must not judge me harshly you do not know you cannot realize what my position has been in this house i could do nothing when a man has lost his money i do not judge you father nor mother either It is not for me to judge i am ignorant of the world and wish to remain ignorant of it i always felt that it would be best so now i am sure of it agnes it is too soon for you to judge this house she's gone to meet that man but she shall not she shall not i swear it that man i'll take him by the throat i ought to have done so long ago but it is not too late father let us say a prayer together. I have not said one with you since I was a little child. Will you kneel down with me and say a prayer for mother?' She stretched out her hand to him, and they knelt down together in the drawing-room. Agnes said, "'O my God, we offer up in our Father and Hail Mary that thou mayest give us all grace to overcome temptation.' THE MAJOR REPEATED THE PRAYERS AFTER HIS DAUGHTER, AND WHEN THEY ROSE FROM THE KNEES, AGNES SAID, FATHER, I NEVER ASKED A FAVOR OF YOU BEFORE. YOU WILL NOT REFUSE ME THIS? THE MAJOR LOOKED AT HIS DAUGHTER TENDERLY. YOU WILL NEVER AGAIN BE VIOLENT. YOU PROMISE ME THIS, FATHER. I SHALL BE MISERABLE IF YOU DON'T. YOU PROMISE ME THIS, FATHER. YOU CANNOT REFUSE ME. IT IS MY FIRST REQUEST and my last. The Major's face was full of tears, there was none on Agnes's face, but her eyes shone with anticipation and desire. Promise, she said, promise. I promise. And when the temptation comes, you'll remember your promise to me? Yes, Agnes, I'll remember. The strain that the extortion of the promise had put upon her feelings had exhausted the girl she then pressed her hands to her eyes and dropped on the ottoman for a long while father and daughter sat opposite each other without speaking at last the major said i must go out i cannot stop here but father remember you are not going to mother no only for a trot around the square she pressed her hand to her forehead she felt her eyes they were dry and burning and it was not until the servant announced Father White that her tears flowed. End of Agnes Layans chapter five recording by James Carson